Welcome once again to another edition of Let's Watch a B-Movie. It's a whole other week, a whole other movie, and we are continuing... Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare, bitches. Well, yes, but you forgot... (laughs) Well, no, this isn't even Nightmare on Elm Street Part 6. It's just literally called Freddy's Dead, right? Yes, because Freddy's dead. This is is the final nightmare. Is he dead? Is Is, he really? Yes. Well, this is... At least until next year when Wes Craven's new nightmare comes out. So this is false advertising. Yes. It's pretty bold to say the final nightmare because, you know, that's basically the idea here is to kill off Freddy, but I don't think that's really the idea at all. No, no, that was the idea. You know, he dies. In part five, got sidetracked with a horrible, boring opening, and we're back to an exciting pop song playing over opening credits. I will just say one thing. Um, So when you're flying, you're you're in a plane, you're like 80,000 plus feet in the air. My question is, if you're afraid of heights... Stop looking out the fucking window. Shut the damn window visor so you stop looking outside. And stop bothering the damn hostess. Well, first of all, wait a minute, though. He's just asking for, can he switch seats? And she rudely says, no. I don't she doesn't think so. rudely say. She says, I'm sorry, sir. There are no more seats available. She could offer some honey roasted peanuts to make him feel more comfortable. She should have told him, you can shut your window. I'm just saying, I mean, the guy's clearly uncomfortable. He's scared of flying. His per- his the person next to him is telling him to, to, to stop being a to, stop being a pussy. Come on, I mean. But again, this might as well be sh- might as well be fly- This sounds like a worse flight than flight 180. If he just shuts the damn window, he won't have to see outside. Then it doesn't matter what seat he's on. Now, as you guys remember, last week we reviewed part five. Part five, believe it or not, was the lowest grossing movie of the series. Oh, I'm so surprised that piece of art somehow did not make money at the box office are you surprised to hear that that classic shawshank style movie bombed at the box office are you surprised to hear that nick does that shock you do i need to remind you of the 1.5 we both gave that movie well do i need to remind you of this how, how sarcastic i'm being right now of course I'm, I'm not surprised at all the movie bombed completely it came out in 1989 but you know what's interesting about 1989 it's the one year ever that you had a new nightmare movie a new Jason movie and a new Michael Myers movie. They all came out in 1989. You had Jason Takes Manhattan, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5, and you had uh, Halloween 5. All came out in 1989. In fact, Friday 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street came out within two weeks of each other. They were saying that this is going to be a battle of the box office. All three movies bombed. <laughs> so this show, this is 1989, so clearly the 80s were ending and their reign of terror was coming to an end. So we get Freddy's Dead in 1991. Which is a big bounce back. This movie made a lot of money, probably because they are advertising it as the, the final nightmare. And also because they definitely, whoever you know decided to make this movie, they definitely embraced comedy over horror. They saw the last movie and went, okay, obviously horror is not working with this guy anymore. So let's just embrace comedy and make it a comedy movie. And also they offered a 3D gimmick as well. Yeah, that 3D gimmick uh, doesn't do much for this movie. Rachel Talley, the director, she was involved with all the Nightmare movies going back to part one. She had no involvement in part five, but the rest of them she was involved with. So they, you know, as a sort of uh, thank you for being involved from the beginning, they let her direct this movie. She came up with a story. So the good and the bad, I'm going to have to put it at the feet of Rachel Talley. The movie itself, we can get into it. Wicked Freddy of the West. Freddy on a broomstick. Yes. Well, first of all, hold on. Before we get there, we had our John Doe on the plane. Literally our John Doe, because that's who he's going to be in this movie, John Doe. Yeah, because we never find out his actual name. 
Played by, was it, Sean Greenblick? I like this opening scene. It's fun. He's on the plane. The plane pops off the top. The old lady flies out. He says, it's not fair. I was almost out. Oh, first of all, though, we get a scroll before this describing that this is now 10 years later. So it's 1999. 10 years after part five. And all of the kids in Springwood... All the, all the teenagers and kids have all died in the last 10 years, mysteriously by suicide or other means. And all the adults have basically freaked out and have gone insane. Yep, all mass psychosis. But there is a report of one last teenager alive in Springwood. Named John Doe. And that's our character on a plane who is now obviously in a dream. He wakes up. And, and now we have... Freddy on a broomstick. Wicked Freddy of the West. Now, as you said, this establishes the full-blown, let's go straight comedy. Oh, yeah. Because he comes up, he's just laughing. You, the Wicked Witch laugh, not even his laugh. Nope. And he even tells him, like, I'll get you, my pretty, and your little soul, too. And I'm already enjoying myself. I'm laughing. <laughs> By this point, you probably haven't really picked up that Freddy is completely dry. We mentioned this in the previous movie, but he's completely dry now. He's no... His makeup, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, no longer freshly burned anymore. See, I don't know if it was a different makeup artist for each movie. I don't think it was, but I'm, there's not a lot of continuity as far as um, no, there isn't. that. So. But I, pretty much it just seems like each movie, it's almost like they purposely made him almost heal, in a sense. Given that he's a, a dream killer, basically, I don't see any reason why his appearance should ever change. It shouldn't. There's, there should be no aging on him. There should be no physical deterioration. So that's Or healing. Yeah. Like I said, by... By this point, it looks like he would have been a burn victim who healed. Yeah. Had he survived the actual burning. He doesn't even look like somebody who's had a dog piss on him. Exactly. And we know that happened. So I want to call attention to our John Doe being chased, not even being chased, running down the street, jumping over a fence. And, and then that long ass <laughs> tumble Did down. Did you laugh your ass off? <laughs> Did you pay attention to the, the sound that was going? Because he's rolling down this long ass hill and the sound effects going like, it's like, whoa. He's like, whoa, whoa. So then he's still rolling down the hill and you hear the sound effects repeat themselves. <laughs> like 10 seconds later, you hear again, whoa, whoa. It's the same exact sound effect. They actually put in a loop. Like, what the hell is this shit? Uh, to be honest, I had to close my eyes at the scene. It was making me motion sick. I was like, that's, it looks like fun, dude. He's like rolling down a hill that's like a damn roller coaster, basically. <laughs> this whole opening scene. It's fun. He goes to a bus window. Where Robert Shea is wearing Freddy Claws. He's like the Stan Lee of these movies. You have to have a Bob Shea appearance. Better hurry up, kid. You don't want to miss the bus. And our John Doe stumbles into a bus coming out of nowhere. By Driven by Freddy. Yes. This is the second time Freddy's driven a bus. You think he may have been a bus driver in his previous life? And this one's not even a school bus. This one, he's a full-blown but, uh, charter bus. Yeah. Like. Now, you know, typically in this situation, the Nightmare movie, he would now proceed to kill John Doe. Which but he doesn't. some other shit happens there. Puts on the brakes. John Doe flies into what looks like another dimension. <laughs> right. <laughs> what the hell is this shit? Yeah, he leaves the nightmare dimension and ends up in real world. And the... And, uh, where, gotta, Fred, where Freddy could not follow. Apparently. Yeah, you also got to love the uh, whole Looney Tunes aspect of this movie when you see the outline of John Doe's hit the hairs just sticking straight <laughs> up in the outline. There's so much Louis Tunes in this movie. <laughs> it's a clear influence. This is a confusing opening. Freddy has launched this man into what looks to be another world where Freddy apparently cannot follow. And Freddy says, 
Now be a good boy and go fetch. Yep. What the hell is going on? Uh, so he obviously wants to fetch more kids so Freddy can kill him. You got that from that? I'm assuming since the beginning literally says he has no one else to kill. So, okay. <laughs> so Freddy has the ability to send him... Not It's not time travel, but he sends him to another part of the country? No, it's still Ohio. Just another city, basically. Yeah. I guess... I'm going to have to wait until we get a little bit further okay, before okay, I discuss this theory. Okay, but for a second, though. John Doe is dreaming. How, do we, how does he go from dreaming to flying into another city and his head hits the rock? And What, what kind of power does Freddy have here? Freddy's become a damn Lord of the Rings Gandalf uh, wizard. What kind of wizard is I'll put, this? I'll put more Sauron. Look, all I'm going to say is we're going to see this movie as we go forward. It's a lot of Freddy has a lot of powers in this movie. This is like the shift from Jeepers Creepers 1 to Jeepers Creepers 3, where, where the Creeper had all these new gadgets, all these new powers that we never saw in the first one. Right. But and let's go to John Doe for now. Yeah, he, uh, so he now has amnesia. Uh, actually, I got a better idea. How about we go to the uh, place where, you know, we're going to meet all of our characters. The shelter. Yes, shelter, where we meet Lisa Zane's character, Maggie. And we're assuming this is like another part of Ohio. Yep. Okay. What I'm thinking is, is the exact town that he walks to. Because when you see him stumbling down the road, you actually see a whole town in the back. So it's probably just that town, which, again, is going to be very convenient when we get to the meat of the story. Yeah, and obviously we know because they drive to the town later that this is clearly within driving distance. Oh, yeah. Uh, to wherever wherever this is. Oh, yeah. So uh, we meet Maggie. We meet... In this scene, uh, we actually also meet Spencer, who's talking to his dad while playing games. We don't need to worry about that. His dad seems to be a, a neglective, angry dad who yeah. doesn't like him. Yep, so we don't need to worry about that scene. Uh, then we meet Tracy, where if you... I didn't notice this the first couple of times I watched this movie. The cop is bleeding from the nose. The cop that was chasing her down, the cop was bleeding from his nose, so Tracy got a hit on him. Damn. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. And also, this, this same cop has a pretty shitty job because he gets punched in the nose and then he gets pushed out a window. Well, damn. This is the same, because it's the same cop that John Doe accidentally pushes out a window during his dream. And he looks pissed off when that happens too. Yeah. He's probably like, I need a pay raise. Yeah, probably. Bullshit. And then, late, and then we got Carlos also. Yep, get Carlos where we meet him while Tracy is training with Carlos and we find out their little plot, their little plan of escaping. They've got a little friendship group here of Tracy, Carlos, and Spencer. So, personally, I don't think it's a real friendship group. I just think, yeah, Tracy and Carlos seem more friends. But then Spencer comes up to them and says, hey, I know a way out of here. Let's go to California. They're using each other basically for the betterment of the... or the Betterment of themselves. Yes. Because you're right. Carlos <clears throat> clearly is not a pothead. Right. doesn't appreciate Spencer's interest in drugs. So, he's... And he's close... You can obviously tell he's closer to Tracy than he is with... Yeah, in fact, Tracy... When um, when Spencer's complaining about his father's situation, Tracy's like basically hinting at something, and Spencer clearly has no idea about who. But Tracy's Carlos does, because okay. Carlos is behind Tracy, like don't do it, don't do it. So basically, Spencer's the stoner kid who they're using to <clears throat> get he, out. He knows how to make bombs and stuff too. So. Yep. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that pipe bomb's gonna come in handy later. So our main character is Maggie, though. 
And Maggie is yeah. Maggie is uh, just works there as like a counselor or something. Yeah. What what was this? What is this? Um, this uh, nonchalant, uh, this disapproval of Maggie as our main character. What? Well, okay. I don't I don't believe her at as this, the main character. At this point, she's not the main character. At this point, John, John Doe, Doe is our is, main character. But I'm but she is still classified as the main character. I mean, we find out she's having dreams as well she's having a reoccurring dream about some kind of tower a water tower and a little girl for some reason every when i first watched this movie i do remember specifically thinking didn't you die in the fourth movie because i thought it was kincaid at first you know (laughs) it could have been kincaid (laughs) my argument was just that dr gordon disappeared neil disappeared from part three with no follow-up him in this role would have been perfect yeah, to have somebody, a doctor, who's also interested in dreams the way this guy is. So the problem with that is you mentioned, in and in I think it was part four, that Neil dies in one of the comics. I, but you know, but I, but I always have to separate. Movie canon always trumps the side canon. Yes. The side canon is what you go to if there is no movie canon. So if you bring Neil back... I'm sorry, the comic gets disregarded. Well, yeah, if you brought Neil back, then the comic... But what if the director or the writer read the comics and decided to keep that as canon? There's no chance. You'll never see, basically, the movie series is still going, and the comic series going at the same time, and anything with the comics is under consideration with the movies. The movies will create their own canon at that point, and it's going in a different direction. The movie part of Nightmare would have been 99% of their profits and maybe you're getting 1% from the comic book. It wasn't like that hit comic book like Marvel or something like that with the Nightmare series. So. Yeah, so... Uh, Although I would love to get the Nightmare comics. So apparently, uh, Freddy's influence uh, still has John or he's having a traumatic dream because now all of a And I guess it's really Freddy's influence because now we're getting something that we saw in part three where instead of someone walking through a door, though... You get John walking up invisible stairs. Why isn't yes. his head not hitting the ceiling at this point? Freddy's abilities and power blows my mind because, okay, he threw this kid into this other town, right? Because he couldn't, because he couldn't go there. Did he know that the kid was going to get amnesia? Was that part of the plan? Because he gets amnesia from hitting his head on a rock. There's no way Freddy has the medical ability to determine that that exact thing is going to give him amnesia. Or better yet, how does Freddy's influence able to get to that town? It shouldn't. Yeah, because it's not Springwood anymore. It's so not I Springwood. It's not I, Elm Street. So I guess they're saying because John Doe is a transplant from Elm Street, he carries with him Freddy influence. Yeah, but even the main character, Maggie, is even having these same dreams, which could be reoccurring from her childhood that we later find out. But at the well, same time... Fre- Freddy got very lucky because at the time he sends John Doe, is also this exact time where Maggie's having these recurring dreams. Yeah. So either Freddy's a mastermind, know-it-all, I'm, I'm an essent person, dream demon genius, because Freddy's plot here is all over the place. But we'll, we'll, we'll get into the details. There's things that I want to get into that we don't want to spoil, basically. Like uh, Doc now talking about dream demons. I wonder if they're going to come into play later. At the very beginning here, Doc actually <laughs> defines Freddy Krueger. He says... <laughs> Well, you know, there's this rumor about, you know, the dream demons. And what they do is they find the, the well, worst human they can find and they empower him to cross over. Yep. I'm like, how is this guy, like, did he read the origin of Freddy Krueger handbook? He just, in the opening scene, like, surmised Freddy Krueger. I'm like, 
okay, you know we hate characters that are plot devices that are there to give us information. Which is what King K- I mean, Doc is doing in this one. Uh, this is the most egregious one ever, though. <laughs> this dude literally just... It, his specialty isn't even dreams. That's not what he studied. Mm. He's a doctor at the, the damn shelter which he, he's not a dream doctor which is bad because he says in the scenes like only get 23 minutes a week with these kids which means he doesn't actually work for the shelter itself so, but why is he always at the shelter i don't know but he knows more about dreams than neil from part three nancy from part three that whole hospital he knows more about dreams than all of them combined what if he was trained with nancy but because he lived he could continue his research Yes, if that was hinted at in the plot in any in a reasonable way, I would think that's amazing. But that's a big stretch, <laughs> all right? Let's be honest. He, the, we're, we're to believe that this guy is working at the shelter, and on the side, he spends the rest of his hours studying dreams to a point that he knows the entire, and he's spot on about who Freddy Krueger is and his entire origin, his powers. Should have cut this scene out, right? Yes. Anyway. Should have cut the scene out. So John and Maggie go to Springwood while Tracy, Spencer, and Carlos are in stowaway in the back of the van. Well, a couple things that I want to get into real quick. Why in the world do they need a van for two people? Freddie's influence. When Maggie's talking to John back at the place, the shelter, he says something along the lines of, I don't know why, but I can sense that if I fall asleep, I'm not waking up. He has amnesia, but he still knows that dreaming is a problem. What the hell? What kind of amnesia is this? What sixth sense does he have that he shouldn't go to sleep? He can't remember his name. <laughs> well, maybe because of how traumatic uh, Freddy was to him, maybe that just innately stuck in his head. I thought that was like purely for plot. Most plot likely, reasons. but still. It's for her, him to say it to Maggie and Maggie to be like, oh, this has something to do with dreams. And then connect that to Doc. And Doc is like, I don't like this. His dreams, your dreams, my dreams. <laughs> he didn't say my dreams, but. Oh, yeah, but still. My dreams. So, all of our dreams. I, okay. I don't know how you feel about this, but, and I really don't have this complaint, but when they suddenly get in the van, they're moving. I actually feel like this is moving too fast. Like the movie's short, but I feel like there should be more time at the shelter. Let it breathe a little bit. They start this trip like really quick. Yeah. And I'm like, in hindsight, looking back at the movie, it moves a little bit too quickly almost to be like. Well, and also notice how she's driving. She's probably doing like 80, 90 miles an hour. And let it be known on record that John Doe told her, hey, you go back to Springwood. <laughs> I'll stay here. I'm not curious at all. The events that follow are Maggie's fault. Mr. John Doe did not want to come back. And if he didn't come back, what would that have made of Freddie's plan? No, oh, no. Freddie still would have been able to empower, uh, get into her. Because she went, she still figured out who Freddie was. and then She wasn't going to go without him, though. She needed John Doe to come back to connect the dots for her. So here's the thing. Here's something that they should have done in this movie that would have actually lowered the body count, to be honest with you, but I still think they should have done it. Even more so. It's only, it's only three kills. Yeah, but, uh, so John and Maggie go to Springwood. Uh, Spencer, Carlos, and Tracy stow away. When they all find out that Carlos, Spencer, and Tracy are in there, she goes, we're going to find a phone. You're calling Kel and figuring out how to get home. It's like, drive them back yourself. They go to this fair and... Roseanne Barr's in it. And Tom Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> Which is random, because I can't place them have any involvement with the series previously. They haven't been. So uh, It's just random-ass cameo. So basically, this is what the town of Springwood has become. The adults are literally crazy. All the children are gone. They see them children, they're basically... They're throwing shit at them, except Roseanne Barr, who wants them. 
And Tama reminds her that they bring him. So And then the uh, church bells ring, and then I have to wonder how Maggie got her degree because, you know, the church bells ring, and she goes, well, we got to go to the school. Why? Well, someone rang the bells. It's not the church! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, spot on. Now, (laughs) they... If you were driving with someone in the van and you found out that some teenagers had hidden the back of the van in order to escape with the van, you find them, discover their plot, you found them, good job. Your plan is to have those same teenagers take the van, take the van, and you trust them to drive straight back to the shelter and then go about their business. Yes. Is Maggie like, where did she get her degree from? Uh, what kind of clown what, college? What clown college does she go to? <laughs> what? The one from the clowns from outer space. I guarantee you, if things went differently, those three teenagers were going to take the van and never be seen again from the shelter or anywhere. Yeah, but unfortunately for them, Freddie's going to happen anyways. But <laughs> Freddie somehow has so much power. I mean, I guess depending. Granted, ten years he's collected ten years worth of souls. Nothing. So he could have enough power to fuck with people in real life, too. No, 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 no. I get that, but this movie has a big problem with breaking the rules established by the series. As much this as movie I want, has a lot of problems with the, the series in general. As much as we're going to see me like really trying hard to defend as much as I can, there's some big plot problems here because Freddy is supposed to mostly operate in people's dreams. Yes. But I've never seen him be able to manipulate an entire town in broad daylight with nobody dreaming. Yes. This is the Freddy, the, the grand wizard Freddy that they're presenting in this movie. Yes. Like, Remember, 10 years of souls. Yeah, but he's the most powerful mofo in the world. Exactly. Now, that's going to be funny considering what happens to him later in this movie. <laughs> he's so powerful here. So the first thing is that he makes them get lost. They nope. keep driving by this damn statue. I was about to say, it's not really the fact that they get lost. It's just the fact that Freddy somehow makes it to where they keep doing U-turns, almost. Keep going in a circle. It's like, well, fuck, what did Freddy do to these kids? It was almost like the, um, remember the time loop in part four? Yeah. It was kind of like, almost like a throwback to that, except they were conscious of like, holy shit, we keep passing this. Mm. Like at least 11 times. And It's like, Carlos, I asked you for the map. Yeah, well, the map says we fucked. I laughed. I thought it was funny. <laughs> That, that's classic Freddy. No interest in killing Carlos there. He's just messing with him. Well, not yet. Why, Freddy? Why? Now, let's say this. They abandon the van and... At the statue for some reason, instead of just driving down the... Street. Street. Yeah. Okay. So they well, find would, some random ass house. Well, you would think they would want to actually keep track of the van. Right. But they just leave it there. Yeah. So, so they're, they're walking down the neighborhood. Yep. Find a random ass house, go inside, and Freddy does some more bullshit... And turns it into his house. Now, wait a minute. Now, this was Elm Street. They showed the sign. This was Elm Street. But yeah. it wasn't the house. Was it the house? <laughs> I'm thinking maybe it's the house because it had a, um, a realtor sign. Right. And that's why they said, hey, we'll have this house to ourselves. So they break into it. And then it turns into Freddy's house. How? This Freddy's is not, power. This is not a dream. Neither, none of them are dreaming yet. Freddy's power. Freddy in real life just turned the house into his house. Ten years of souls. The entire Springwood is... Yes! Oh, my goodness. Remember, souls give him strength. Fear gives him power. He can't really kill the kids 100% just yet, but he can still fuck with them. Ten years of souls, even, I don't think makes him like this 
freaking amazing, all right? <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, let's, so the house. Let's also get back to the um, the, oh, yeah. the investigation that John. Oh yeah, Dillon so we found out Freddie had a kid in 1966. So right now she'd be about 33 years old, which should eliminate John Doe logically. But a couple of things. Remember, though. he has amnesia. We don't know how old he is. That's true. We do know he's a teenager though, because <laughs> it says in the opening scroll that there's evidence of one last teenager. Fair. Um, now they go to a school classroom first. And the teacher is giving Freddie 101, which uh, I wish my high school would have offered because I probably would have got an A in that one. At least. So, also, I want to mention something. Even though you see the dates on the board, notice how he's saying the wrong dates anyway. I think he said when Freddie had a child, he said like 1,497 Freddie had a child. or four, And then he said another one, 1,493, he was apparently in the military. Which no, 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 no. It was something that 1493, he like sailed the seven seas. <laughs> Basically, they're mixing Freddy with like historical figures like Christopher Columbus. Right. Basically, the guy's off the rockers. But on the board, though, they do see all of Freddy's victims and names. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to say, knowing what we know about Freddy, I don't think he's capable of having 10 years of dominance. You're telling me he went through all these senior classes, all these classes, and didn't meet one person that could defeat no, him? No one was Every sm- friendship circle he's encountered so far has had somebody defeat him. Nobody has been smarter smarter than Alice. Jacob outsmarted him in part five. A little kid beat him, and you're telling me that for ten years, the whole... How stupid were the kids in Springwood that nobody was able to defeat Freddy after ten years when every single group he encountered in his first couple things had somebody defeat him? I'm not buying that Freddy is capable of being 10-0 for 10 years. I'm, I, I believe it. 10 years of souls. Ten, yeah, and, and the damn parents just sit there, sat there for 10 years? And remember, Jacob did give him back those three souls that he fed him in part five, which means he already had three more souls to start with. Fair. But you're telling me that how low was the real estate value after three years of all the teenagers dying? At a certain point, people would stop moving that town. Yeah. And that should have been way further than 10 years. So. And also, does that mean Alice brought all those kids into her dream before she left? Oh, my goodness. Because <laughs> remember, Freddie needed Alice to bring these kids into her dreams. I'm sure after enough souls, he could have done it himself. But fuck, how many souls do you think he needed? Well, this is why I view this movie a lot like Jason Goes to Hell in terms of one of the big problems we're seeing so far, basically about halfway through the movie now, is that we're getting all this backstory and mythology, and we're going to get so much backstory and mythology here that just does not add up with the rest of the series. And it's very convenient that this is New Line Cinema, who also, the next year after this, would do Jason Goes to Hell, which also invented the idea, or introduced the idea of a family member and all this sudden mythology that didn't make sense. Yeah, pretty much. But uh... Carlos just wants to find a bed to sleep in. Mm -hmm. So he goes upstairs, finds a bed, comes up with a great plan. He says, hey... I'm going to get a good night's sleep, and then tomorrow, I'll get us out of here. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure this was supposed to be Nancy's bed, even because the room somewhat looked similar, except the door was on the wrong side. It was on the right side when it was Jesse's room, but when it was Nancy's room, it's on the wrong side, which, again, is something I never really, I didn't actually catch until really just now. That Jesse's door, when he was, even though he was supposed to be in Nancy's room, was on the wrong side. I noticed, of course, that. When they come in the house, the whole downstairs looks exactly like the Nancy house. Right. But yeah, I didn't put together the upstairs like having any 
resemblance to anything. So. Right. So anyway, Carlos falls asleep. He hears Tracy calling him, which wakes him up, sort of. And then we see his mom just smiling creepily at him. And shows, and he's is, like, no, mama, don't, don't make me deaf. This is at the same time the most fun and the most cruel death scene <laughs> that Freddy's ever done. Yeah, this, this is part of that's cruel. He shoves a Q-tip so far into him, it comes out the other side, ripping out his other eardrum. So when Freddy cuts off his other his deaf ear, he no longer can hear anything. Which we actually get a pretty cool thing where even the audience can't hear anything except for like the sound of a heartbeat or blood rushing through your own veins. Yeah, and you get this funny moment of Freddy behind him's like, hey, I'm behind you. Yeah, and then Oh, you see the bug too? Yeah. So then also Freddy actually from higher above drops one nail, which sounds like a torpedo coming. Well, we might want to mention how he's able to get supersonic hearing. Oh, uh, something latches onto his head. Yeah, he, Freddy drops the uh, hearing aid where Spencer puts it on the ear. That, Carlos. So, or yeah, Carlos. So here's the problem I have with this. Usually hearing aids help amplify the damaged eardrum. Yes. By helping with the vibrations and all. Um, his eardrum in that ear was ripped out of him. That hearing aid would not work. You don't, you're suggesting they didn't have a hearing doctor on set to advise of such things. Exactly, because without a hearing, without an eardrum that has the little hairs to prevent start vibrations, kind of wouldn't be able to hear shit. They probably bought that from CVS. <laughs> I don't think there was a lot of thought put into the the science behind it. Probably not. You're spot on, but I don't think there was. And I don't think the audience picked up on that either. No, the audience probably picked on it and just didn't give two shits because they're watching a guy get his head blown up. They just want to get to the kill, which is hilarious because <laughs> Freddy's basically got a big-ass chalkboard. <laughs> just scratching it, having all fun. Did you get the weird... I got the... Oh, that uncomfortable one, the, the screeching noise. Oh, yeah. Like, if you had that on surround sound, that actually... Do, it's a re- legitimate screeching noise. Oh, yeah, and it fucking hurts my ears. I would hate to know what that sounded like supersonic. Well, I guess we find out what Carlos found out felt like supersonic his head blew up he must have been very annoyed for your head to explode oh yes i've heard some bad music before but never so much that my head exploded oh yeah so now we kind of get a clue to who maggie is when we're at the orphanage now one thing let me say before that they're walking up to the orphanage and i have to say these little kids on the jump rope they have some artistic ability because they've drawn this huge freddy painting on the ground finally they're being productive, not just being on the jump rope. They've so, actually learned how to draw. So you have awesome noticed, picture. You have noticed actually throughout this movie, uh, you get the one, two, Freddy's coming for you, oh, the nursery rhyme, but it's all written in different spots of this ah. movie. The first one is underneath the Freddy thing. Uh, three and four uh, is on the map that the guy brings down. Five and six is somewhere at the orphanage. Seven and eight was somewhere in the uh, one of the papers at the, around the end. And yes. for some reason, I cannot find nine and ten, though. It's there somewhere. So interesting they did that because this is the only movie in the series that actually doesn't have the jump rope girls. The actual jump rope kids singing the song with the jump rope. Right. So they left that out, but they knew that they were going to interplay it in yeah, a different way. The problem is, for some reason, I cannot find nine and ten. Last one I see is seven and eight on a newspaper newspaper but then i can't find it or shit i'm gonna have to watch it again damn it man <laughs> gotta watch the last 30 minutes finding part nine and ten so 
they go to the orphanage where Maggie is noticed and recognized clearly by the insane orphanage teacher. Yeah, but she also recognized 50 other imaginary friends. But the way she looked at Maggie was pretty special. Oh, yeah. It was I like singing old friend. remember you. It was like singing old friend again. Oh, yeah. But they find a major clue here to unlock the mystery. It, it, it seems that young Kruger child, whoever it is, drew a family portrait of the family. We had the Kruger mom. We had old Fred had Freddy, right? Mm-hmm. And then we had the Kruger child, which is a boy. Clearly drawn as a boy. Well, then it's either Kevin or Kyle. It says K. Kruger. So our investigators, John Doe and Maggie, are looking at the picture, and they're acting like... Well, this is a boy. No, they're, they're actually acting like they don't know. What? It's a damn boy! <laughs> what? It's especially egregious because what we're going to find out is that it's actually not a boy. My problem is, what little girl is going to draw herself looking as a boy in the family picture? You know what? I think I figured out the mystery. Oh! I think I figured it out. You ready? It's Johnny Depp. Oh, my God. Who's now on TV, folks. He's talking about your brain on drugs. They should have just, let me just say, they should have cut out the family picture. They, they could have found some homework, some old homework that was signed K. Kruger, and the name gives it away. But you're, you're, you're trying to figure out what if it's a boy or a girl, and you see a picture of a boy, and you were telling me that Maggie as a kid drew that picture. I guess Maggie was a tomboy. And she had no future in drawing. Nope. Oh. She barely has a future as a psychologist. What are you talking about? That's true. Okay. She's making the dumbest decisions in this entire movie. I know. I'm just saying. And that's saying something with Spencer. Now, one thing I want to add to that, though, is that what, I, what didn't make sense. Have you ever seen someone get killed and then they're in the next scene? Uh, Amanda Weiss's character, Amanda, or Tina, in the first movie. Yeah, but she was present as a dream version, Freddy playing her, basically. This is actually Carlos trying to give Spencer a warning from the television set. He says, he, he appears amongst zombies, says, hey, get out the way. Spencer, don't fall asleep, man. So, Carlos is still alive. In some form, somewhere, so, Carlos is alive. So, um, I just want to say, again. Well, how does this make sense? Uh Today, I had to watch this movie with subtitles. I mean, I'm deaf in one ear. My TV, especially when it comes to Blu-ray, the damn audio is loud. The actual dialogue is low to the ground. So, I had the, dia- I had the dialogue, and, his, and I always thought Carlos said, Spencer, you stupid dumbass. You know, because Spencer fell asleep. That's what he should have said. What he did, what he actually said is, Spencer, you stupid stoner. I don't know where I'm getting dumbass from Stoner from. <laughs> I think I guess they both work. They're right. Okay, by the way, Spencer's smoking weed, right? Yes. The entire damn movie, by the way. I don't think smoking weed is something where you see your friend in the television and you're literally just like, Carlos, man. We were just looking for you. It doesn't make you a complete idiot. So, uh... Not to that extreme. Let, you can't blame certain things on drugs like that. So... Sure, there, if you smoke enough, you'll or smoke too much, not enough, smoke too much, you'll eventually get hallucinations. Why would Spencer, they're in an abandoned house, their friend is missing, why would he be getting that high anyway? He's been smoking the entire damn movie. He just drove the van, though. He was perfectly functional. 
You literally, you literally. You tell see me he him. got to the house and smoked his whole stash. Get me in the van him itself. He literally was smoking one. And Tracy told him, "I don't need you lighting up every ten minutes." What I'm saying is, the entire movie we've seen, we've seen, we've seen him high the entire movie. He's always been actually pretty functional <laughs> and awake. Carlos was a sleepy one. He's so stoned right now that his friend warning him from the television doesn't bat an eye. He's just like, "Oh, cool, man." Yeah, pretty much. Unbelievable. Yeah, pretty much. But I'm more about, I'm more curious about what is this weird shadow realm universe that Carlos's spirit is in right now? Uh, Freddy's body. You know what? You're not you're not a good source to give me the answers that I'm looking for. Okay, I need Doc, man. I need the dream doctor. He's a soul. Freddy absorbed the soul. You know, Doc knows everything else. Maybe he has answered my questions. All right, he knows everything else about dreams. Tell me how Carlos is still alive and, and giving Spencer's warnings. Well, I got a better idea. How about we uh, just enjoy the bum fuckery that is this next kill scene? Well, first of all, Tracy, I guess, decides to go back for the van finally, which. Amazingly, hasn't been stolen by Roseanne and Tom Arnold, but right. she somehow stumbles into John and You know what would be funny, actually? If instead of Roseanne and Tom Arnold, it was Roseanne and John Goodman. Wow. And if for like 10 seconds they played the Roseanne theme, that would have been good. <laughs> that would have been if, fucking hilarious. If they had the rights, I'd have laughed. Um, but yeah, so she runs into John and Maggie randomly. I'm so glad I found you. I'm like, whoa, this is a hell of a coincidence she found you. I would think she'd still be circling around the damn statue. How did she get out the, the statue loop, my friend? Well, she, that's because she wasn't leaving the town this time. She was trying to find Maggie. I think Freddy was just busy and didn't have the time. He was busy with Carlos, so didn't have the time to bother her while she was going in the shadow. True, but now he's uh, playing games with Spencer. And when, we, when you say playing games, like, he's really into it. Oh, yeah. He's, like, dedicated to playing this damn game. Oh, yeah. I mean, Spencer is the, is the boss in this game for him. Notice how Spencer's beating up every single thing he's throwing, Freddy's throwing at him. Yeah, but what kind of video game where Spencer eats like a piece, he has one bite of an apple and becomes Super Spencer? An apple? Well, a one Mar bite? Well, in Mario, you get powered up by eating shrooms. I can eat a green apple in the morning. I don't even wake up. I still need coffee. What the hell? A shrooms. bite of shrooms. And in, in, in this game that Freddy's playing, it's a damn apple. Yes, and that makes more sense than in Mario, a plumber eats shrooms. Freddy isn't even trying to win the game. He's admiring the graphics. <laughs> this might be too far even for Funny Freddy. For me, Hell, this, I, might be a, this might be jumping the shark a little bit too much even for Funny I, Freddy. I figured it out. The reason why Mario's always fighting Bowser is not because he's actually saving Peach. It's because he's so fucking high from how many shrooms he eats that he thinks he's fighting people. He's actually killing people. Mario is the biggest serial killer of the entire generation. Tracy, come back to the house to find Spencer floating around, like, being thrown around like a pinball. Well, at first he's gone, so they decide to split up and look for him when Spencer is thrown through a wall and John just nonchalant, I found Spencer! I gotta say, I admire the actor playing John Doe. He delivers his lines with a certain sarcastic dryness <laughs> that I just love. Well, yeah, He he's... knows he's in a goofy movie and he's like, Going for comedy with his lines. So I admire so, his acting here. So then he gets all serious while watching, you know, fucking Spencer getting his ass kicked. Oh, the, the effects are hilarious because Freddy, again, Looney Tunes, Spencer's flying around like a damn pinball. So, uh, and, you know, Maggie's just like, well, this can't be possible. Spencer gets up, slams his head in the ceiling. and Again, what do you call that? Rational? <laughs> 
This whole scene to me is just fucking hilarious because, as you said, pinball almost. He's going around different rooms, punching through stuff. He's constantly hitting the damn wall just to get through it, and then he's water's breaking out all over the place. He's just going around the house. <laughs> I mean, poor Spencer's getting tortured here with all this crap. Jesus. <laughs> At least Carlos just got his head blown off real quick. So. Well, I mean, Spencer gets a kind of a easy death when he falls down the stairs, or in the game he Wait falls a minute, into though. a pit of dads. Wait a minute, though. Let's talk about one thing first. The what was a coveted special power in previous movies—the ability to go into other people's dreams. Now John Doe is just randomly like, "I'll go in and try to save him." What the hell, man? How? What? First of all, before anything else. Why is John Doe so confident that he has this ability to do this? Nothing in the movie suggests he can do this. He has no history of doing this. Why is he just like, hey, I'll go in the dream and... How are you going to go in the dream? What? You're not the dream master. You're not a dream warrior. What? Where's, got, the, where's the doc at? I need more, I got, I need more questions. I need more answers. Well, how about this? Um, the way he gets in. Ah. He's like, here, you got to lay me out. Hands are a damn chair leg. It's like, I'm not going to let you. I know an easier way. Just do it. She hits him so hard. Body disappears. (laughs) He turned into a ghost like that. She killed that motherfucker. In my experience, when you get knocked out, your body drops limp to the ground and you're gone. Notice how the table he flies through also is completely repaired. What the hell is this movie? The bodies disappear? Where does body go? His body went. His body's dead. He literally got hit so hard he became a ghost. Have you noticed though? In a scene or two though, his body's gonna reappear just sleeping on the ground. Yeah. Then why the hell did you? Why did you have his body disappear if it reappears in the other side of the room, laying down comfortably sleeping? Here's a real question. So we mentioned uh, before that. Uh, actually, I don't think we mentioned it, but one of the earlier drafts was this character was originally supposed to be Jacob, from Part Five. So yes. it would make sense he would actually have that power of going into somebody's dreams, which if this character was Jacob, then we could do that. But yes, but because basically, to be fair, that's true because he had, he would have inherited the power from Alice, mm-hmm. and that made logical sense and been awesome. But as you said, Tracy randomly shows up in the dream two minutes later through the power of meditation. Okay, well. I guess Tracy is part of the lineage. Yeah, you know, I really thought Alice was special, but apparently her power wasn't that special at all because everybody can do it. Or they're somehow related. They're not. <laughs> don't no, even, related Don't Kirsten. even... No. Yes, because Kristen no, originally had the power before she passed it on to Alice. Yeah, and Kristen was an only child. She, I mean, the mom also was a single mother. The dad could have left and had more kids. The power could have been passed down from why, the dad. Why, are you, why do we have to jump through extremely large hula hoops to make the logic work. No. Well, because this the hula hoops are too- large enough to fit me. There's no <laughs> chance that she's related to them. It's possible. They both have blonde hair. I'm not, Nick, I'm not going to let you <laughs> defend the movie by saying, hey, everybody's related to Alex and Kristen. No, this is bullshit. No, all right? related to Kristen. They're definitely related to Kristen. All right. She has nothing to do with anything going on here. Right. Kristen passed the power on to Alice anyway. She's gone. Yeah, but that doesn't... Like I said, the power could have been the father's. Well, yes, could, she could have had a second cousin that was Tracy. You're right. If it was Jacob, it makes sense. There's no reason for Tracy to meditate her ass into the dream two minutes later, thus deleting the whole point of part four and three and what Kristen and Alice were doing. Well, let's just go ahead and say that 
It didn't matter. Je- uh, Spencer still dies. Oh, yeah, yeah. He falls into the, the damn dream pit. Yep. Whatever thing that Joey was hanging by in part three, uh, Spencer actually falls in that bitch, though. So. Yeah. So. Tracy gets a little fight scene with Freddy. <laughs> Barely. Kicks him in the gonads. John laughs. Freddy's actually very affected by this. Sort of. He, he literally gets back up. He's like, okay, my turn. <laughs> Luckily for her, Magley gently touches her and she wakes up. Yeah. Because she meditated, she didn't get knocked unconscious He's to death. Light sleeper. Yeah. Fortunately, she knocked the shit out of John Doe and he has no chance of waking up out of his dream. Right. So John is now wakes up randomly in his bed, which he then goes outside, stands on the porch, and then it shoots up into the stratosphere. And then he's back in the bed again. Right. He's, he's like, I'm not leaving this bed. And he catches Fire. The <laughs> and then he gives the classic line of, I hate this house. <laughs> and then jumps out. I just love his delivery on these lines. And he's just sitting there free falling. He's free. Free falling. How? I don't know. But first his body disappeared. Now he's <laughs> flying out of the damn van. Yes. The and now bo- Freddy's just hanging out. I was like, hi, buddy. <laughs> Freddy's having a grand old time in the, the top of the balloon, whatever it is. It's a hot air balloon, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. So a parachute. Floats on down. A, the biggest damn parachute opening ever. Yeah, so he floats on down, cuts one strap, and he goes, I know why you let me live. Oh, you think I'm your dad? Uh-uh. No. Wrong. <laughs> I just needed you to bring back my daughter. Amelia, I think, what was that picture about? <laughs> What was that drawing about? That's what I would have asked. <laughs> like, what, is your daughter, was your daughter a, a tomboy? John Doe should have been like, hey, man, hey, buddy, I saw the picture. That was a boy. That was me. <laughs> Freddie reveals that this whole plot was, was bring back his daughter. So let's think about this plot for a second. Uh, how did he know his daughter was literally in the next town? How, how did, did he know what her job was? How did he know she was going to come back to Springwood with John Doe? Freddie assumed a lot, and luckily for him, this plan worked to perfection. Holy shit. Yes. Because John Doe even had told Maggie, hey, I don't want to go back. You go back. But Maggie's like, no, you'll be fine. Yeah, good job, Maggie. You killed him. You killed him. That's fine. You can't kill someone no one remembers. He's John Doe to us, but to somebody, he's John. He's the John I know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so when he's falling, Freddie gets another little Looney Tunes moment with this character. By pushing a bed of spikes, and then he's so tired, he rests on it and just looks at the camera. By the way, he breaks the fourth wall a lot in this movie. A lot. John Doe dies, and thus... His body disappeared. Disappears, goes into Freddy, and I'm left wondering... I feel whatever arc he had was basically... Pointless. Incomplete and pointless, and I'm left wondering what the hell has been the point of the movie so far. And Freddy jumps into Maggie's body. Freddie needed John Doe to bring his daughter within a certain radius. He also needed to kill him, though, I think, to get the final Elm Street soul to then have the power to jump into her mind. And wherever she travels, he's going to be able to set up shop there and kill everybody. Yes. What? Who (laughs) Who wrote this movie? Where was this? Where the hell was this in part three, part four, part five? Who... They, they all thought they had better movies than this. Who gave Freddy this, this genius idea to have a daughter, find his daughter? Ah! So now we get the revelation, if nobody understood the revelation, 
that Maggie is Freddy's daughter and Freddy killed the mom. Wait, wait, wait. John Doe's last words are, it's not a boy. Yeah. Maggie takes a full week to sit on this to put two and two together to surmise that maybe I'm the daughter and she goes to her mother's house to find out for sure to confirm that she was adopted. Yes. The audience figured out within two seconds, oh, daughter. Yes. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive because we already established that Maggie's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Right. When we find out Freddy's whole backstory, killed his wife, mm-hmm. daughter saw it, but then said basically, I won't tell. And then she goes off and tells. Absolutely. Now, Freddy reveals to Maggie, their first interaction basically, reveals to her essentially his plan is to now attack the shelter. A new Elm Street sign pops up. Every town has an Elm Street, he says. This is all about expanding. Freddy, being a good businessman, has decided to expand his operations into a new territory. I got the indication there from that scene that Freddy has no intention to kill his daughter. Because it's a perfect opportunity there. He just explains his plan to her and then just moves on, basically. Mm-hmm. Goes straight to trying to attack Tracy. Tracy. Yep. Now, what we're about to see, I'm going to lay out my theory right now, is that and expanding beyond Springwood, going to a new territory, I believe that Freddy lost some of his power. He had to have. Because what we're about to see in his last few interactions is definitely not the same mofo that was turning the entire Springwood town into whatever he wanted at the moment. First thing he does, goes into Tracy's dream, as you were saying, we see the abusive father. He gets his ass kicked by Tracy. Yep. Um, in which case, then she... Uh, burns herself and you just see freddie in the background going what you doing hey <laughs> what you doing it's like freddie you should be a little more control of the dream just not, let her yeah not gonna lie i'd still laughed at that just freddie in the background's like seriously <laughs> yeah. you know i did, I, I paused it <laughs> it's hilarious if you pause it at the very moment where freddie's in the background he's literally looking at like huh <laughs> right. he literally looks like, like he's like claws like, like right by his face like he's literally just like he's not advancing on her he's like shot he's like whoa he's shocked <laughs> He goes right from there to... Doc. Doc. Now... Why is he going after an adult? Why Doc? What is he... How does he know about Doc? Why does he care about Doc? None of this makes sense. Well, it makes sense in a second. It's a plot device. But he comes out of the locker. He does... Well, first of all, he gets his ass kicked again. With a bat. But then instead of killing Doc, he goes into some weird recap of his own history. First, they tried burning me. Yes. Then they tried... Burying me. Burying me. And then they tried... Holy water. Yeah. Wasn't the holy water and the bear of the same yes. movie? Someone they, didn't watch the series when they did this. Yeah, shouldn't Freddie been like, then they try to use my mother against me. No, the first, what they should have done is like, first they tried burning me. Cut the thumb off. Then they tried disbelief. Cut the finger off. Ring finger. Then they tried, what, how did he die? Oh yeah, power of love. He didn't want to say disbelief because he knows that actually works against him. He didn't want to actually give away the actual thing that works. Right. And but, then the third one, you know, burial and holy water. And then he should go, and this is my favorite one. They used, a, you know, obviously the middle fingers like, they used a dream god on me. Yeah, he, he didn't even give the correct history. Yeah. So that's one thing. But that's the only part of this movie that suggests any ties to the sequels. I noticed that's the only thing. <laughs> That makes us not a standalone is that Freddy's giving a history that has that includes at least some of his previous deaths. Right. Otherwise, you could go from part one right to this. Instead of killing Doc, he lectures him on his history, 
And then even goes into, that's what they promised me. The Dream Demons. I've never seen Freddy randomly reveal his entire origin, secret of his power to Doc. And by the way, his history happens to be exactly what Doc said at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So the only purpose of this scene is so Doc can grab his shirt and then tell his friends, hey, there's a way to kill him. We have to bring him out of his nightmare. We brought it, I brought his shirt out so we can bring his all body. Oh, hey, now we get our, our last uh, cameo. Alice Cooper. Cancer 3D glasses. Yes. Which like, we are supposed to put on at this point. Like the ones that they used to give at McDonald's with Happy Meals. Yes. Are the ones that come with cereal boxes. Yes. He ha- a grown doctor hands her this and says... Do you want to live? In the real world, these mean nothing. But in the dream, they mean whatever you want. Where the hell did he get this information from that McDonald's 3D glasses is the gateway to her um, having extra abilities in your dreams? What book did he read? Why does this guy know so much? And why? It actually works. I'm telling you, it's Kincaid. She gets in the dream. She puts on the McDonald's 3D glasses and a whole new world opens up to her. I'm telling you, it's the spirit of Kincaid. Do you know the actual reason why this happened, though? This was the indication to the audience to put on the 3D put glasses. Put on 3D glasses. Yep, because now we get 3D. This is, this is the most dumbest transparent thing since the sex scene at the beginning of part five to show that she's pregnant. Yeah. So, and then we get our. Then she find, Maggie finds Freddy, pulls him out, which it looks like well, he's, he's about to explode. Well, this, this again supports the idea of how weak he is because she pulls him out by putting him in a bear hug. Yeah. Now, this is in the dream world. Yes. Where he has all this the power he wants. Freddy Krueger. Yes. Master of the dream world. Yes. We've seen a lot of ability. Yes. A lot of power. Yes. Cannot get this woman to let him go. Yes. He, holding on for dear life to the pipe as his whole arms expand, his head expands, and she's simply saying, I got you. And she's not even struggling. She's holding him as if she's... Um, Giving him a hug from behind. Just like that, Freddy's taken into the real world. Yep, where they have a fist fight. If you could call it that. Freddy really just has her on her back most of the time choking her. I will say this. A lot of people do say this is practically a one-sided fight. And to be honest, for half of it, yes, it is. Because Freddy's on top of her choking her for half this fight. Yeah, she's the only one throwing punches, but he's still overpowering her. Yeah, but he's choking her in a very half-assed way. And I can't help but think that's because he he doesn't want to kill her. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. Because even as the fight starts... He's choking her. He's about to kill her, and now he wants his glove back, even though he tells her, I don't need a glove to kill you. Plus, have you noticed, like, with a victim, I know Freddy gives one-liners, but I've never seen him talk so much. <laughs> he won't shut up in the scene. Freddy keeps jabbing on, and the fight scene is... Maggie's waiting for him to finish before she does something. Yeah, that's the thing. It's badly done because you can see spots and moments where the character has the advantage, and they wait for the other character to give their dialogue before reacting like at one point she breaks his hand she's sitting there like looking at him for like five minutes while he says his line of yeah yeah. oh i I forgot how much it hurts to be human and then backhands her but before he backhands her he takes five minutes to crack all his feet play his fingers back in place and then smacks her (laughs) there's like five times this happens where they have the advantage and then they're waiting for the character to say their dialogue first it's just badly done yeah because at that point maggie should have then taken his glove and just start stabbing him with it. Maggie becomes a ninja. <laughs> what? Like, yeah. her, her ability to throw these damn knives and ninja stars is unparalleled. Yeah, so first she shoves a crowbar into him, sticking him to the wall. 
Then she starts throwing knives and shit at him. By the way, she's not shy about how she's doing it, too. She's doing, like, barely looking backhand throws, like... Twirls. She... I think she throws an axe at one point. She's doing some some crazy shit here. And then she and then she's looking at the glove. Freddy's like, "Go on, try it on. I'll show you how to use it." And she's just like, "They're glo- they're claws. I know how to use it." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, it's like Freddy. I don't need a how-to video to put on the glove. Right. Freddy actually he 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 untraps himself for the most part. Yeah, it takes the crowbar out, which then he could just rip the rest out. Why this is so stupid? He takes everything off. And then, he, and just then he stands there for five minutes while she slowly walks towards him with the club. Freddy, where's your survival instinct at, buddy? He has one. He's so used to dreams that he doesn't get hurt in. He stands for five minutes with a worried look on his face. He's like, no, no, no. Like, Freddy, you actually unhooked yourself. You can move out the way, buddy. Right. And then, oh. and then Tracy throws the lit pipe bomb at him, what which takes hell? forever to explode, by the way. And Maggie catches it perfectly in one move. Shoves it a backhand sh- shoving back in the part of the chest where the uh, crowbar just was, so there's a perfect hole already to stick it in. I'm starting to think Maggie's pretty dangerous in combat. <laughs> you fuck up anybody. She probably has a chance against Jason, this motherfucker. And then she tells him the re- that something that we should have probably tried to do this on Father's Day. We're close enough. Yeah, she says Happy Father's Day. And he says, Kids. Boom! And then the sperm demons shoot out of his mouth. Yeah, and by the way, the there's a, there's a draft where these uh, these dream demons would now then end the movie by finding some poor young kid, and it would spin off into a new Freddy basically. But they they kill that. You can't tell me this wasn't a weaker Freddy. The way that his daughter just manhandled him. This ain't the same mofo from Freddy vs Jason who in the real world uh, beat up Jason for 22 minutes. This was some weak version who basically lost. This is more embarrassing than getting beat up by Jacob. Yeah. J- Jacob had to use his mind to trick him. His daughter just beat him up physically. <laughs> what are you doing, Freddy? Get your shit together. Well, what they're doing is now they're playing the song specifically for this movie called Freddy's Dead. Wow. And we get a whole montage of all the cool things that happened to Freddy or that Freddy's done in the past. And then the movie ends. Timeline-wise, this movie takes place in 1999. Yes. Jason Goes to Hell is 1993. Yes. Based on what I saw and based on what we saw of Springwood... I think this movie takes place after Jason Goes to Hell and after Freddy vs. Jason. Because the Springwood we see in Freddy vs. Jason is a normal town that has it together. None of this stuff, basically. It's more believable that Freddy vs. Jason Springwood turns into Freddy's Dead Springwood versus Freddy's Dead Springwood turning into Freddy vs. Jason Springwood. So I feel like this is 1999. Jason Goes to Hell, 1993-ish. Freddy vs. Jason had to be somewhere between 93 and 99. So, as much as I want to agree with you, I just realized something about Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, they had too much modern technology for the 2000s to actually be able to make that possible. I don't necessarily... Although it's true, I don't think that's strong enough to actually bury the whole thing. Because we saw Friday 13 Part 7 well, with the new blood... Which clearly, based on the timeline, took place in the year 2005, <laughs> and we didn't see any technology there. So, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't do that. No, I, I, if we're saying this is canon, we know Freddy vs. Jason's canon. That's the only way it makes sense because there's no way that Springwood recovered from that into what we see in Freddy vs. Jason. It just wouldn't make any sense. 
that's definitely the dystopian future of Springwood in, in this movie, Freddy's Dead. Either way, so best character, Tracy. Oh, God. I loved her. She was no whole bar, no shit talking given. Made more sense in this movie to be still alive over Maggie, in my opinion. I got to go John Doe because for me, I don't think there's a choice between Tracy and Maggie. I think the choice really was Tracy or John Doe because the way they did it, if Maggie was going to be Freddie's daughter, then she was going to live no matter what. Mm. They're not going to have Tracy be Freddie's daughter. So she's too young. Yeah. So too beautiful. So basically to me, they chose Tracy over John Doe. I would say, and to me, it's the same thing as like, I've been complaining for the last like four movies about this, but it's the same thing as with part four, having Dan over Rick. Part five, having Yvonne over Mark. Yvonne over Mark. Part six, feels like the same thing again, basically, where... They have Maggie over John. Yes, but... Or Tracy over John, however you want to see it. I'm not blaming Tracy for that, but... Tracy was a part of the three teen characters who really... Their role in the movie was probably to die. She just got lucky that in every encounter with Freddy, Freddy was extremely incompetent <laughs> and just got his ass kicked. Like, she's the only one I can say that literally just won every single battle with Freddy possible. And then, as a matter of fact, she won the through the dynamite at the end. Mm, uh, yep. The pipe bomb that actually killed Freddy. So, yep. if Freddy had killed Tracy, maybe... Well, no, actually, Maggie still was going to Yeah, because then Doc would have thrown the pipe bomb. But but I, I'm saying John Doe because I actually like, like I said, the actor, like... He, he was had, funny. He has a lot of lines that it's so deadpan, the delivery, <laughs> that it's just hilarious to me. Like... The dude knew what kind of movie he was in. He was not taken too seriously. Mm. He was like trying to give a comedic performance. No, I'm sorry. Every scene where he does try to take something seriously, you could tell he wasn't in the same uh, energy as when he knew oh, he yeah. was going to do something funny. When he's not, when he, at his death scene, and he's just like, I know why you let me live. Now it's like you're seeing like this weird overacting. <laughs> and he's like, no! But when he can be like, I found Spencer! Or just like... Or what do you call that? Rationals? Like nothing phases them. Or just, I hate this house. <laughs> <laughs> like they gave that guy a lot of good lines. And, um, you know, in the original draft, basically, the character was Jacob. And what they said basically is that they couldn't get Lisa Wilcox, so they decided to completely abandon the concept of him being Jacob. But the original script, they had it where... It was Jacob and his girlfriend against Freddy, and the twist was towards the end, Jacob would die, leaving his girlfriend to fight Freddy. So even though they changed a lot about the script, they kept that part with the John Doe, basically. The twist being that unexpected death, and now Maggie's by herself to fight Freddy. Mm, So I get it, but I just think that it's too deep in the movie to like trade off the main character for the other main character. To me, he was the main character. Yeah. We follow him from the beginning. It's kind of his story, and it's a disappointment that we didn't find out who he is, what his background was. Was he Jacob? So I give it that. Um, Worst performance. For me, Lisa Zane as Maggie. I'm sorry. She ever almost everything she was in for the most part. She she was not a good psychologist. There's no way this woman who is not smart enough to know you could just turn the damn van around and take these kids back. To the shelter. All right, so so we're stopping. So you're saying basically her character. Yes. Because I didn't have a problem with her acting. I thought her acting was fine. She's not like that emotive, basically. She only has like four facial expressions. Mm. But I was cool with her acting. But you're right. The character 
there was no we didn't get we, we didn't get to know her enough and that's what I was saying about the movie moving too fast we didn't get enough of her in the beginning well, no, that, but like I said, the whole movie, she was making pretty stupid decisions. I'm like, you're supposed to be the smart one here. If I find someone I know that smokes... Who or can maybe t- someone who used to. Yeah, I just think that the, the over-exaggerated stoner is such like a terrible... Um, and I just don't buy that he is that stone, basically. And plus, I've seen Breckenbauer play that role three times now, basically, where he plays a stoner character. Maybe he was actually a stoner. Maybe he could have been the next Cheech. To Tommy Chong. Maybe, but I just, I would say him, and then, if not him, Tracy's. <laughs> not a- For me, what I would like to explore more is that 10-year gap between 5 and this movie. Yeah. Especially if we're, if uh, we, we do decide we, to keep Freddy vs. Jason. We saw a little bit of that with Jason goes on Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> so. I said, it, in case a lot of people most likely are still going to keep Freddy vs. Jason uh, chronologically, after this movie. They shouldn't. It doesn't make sense. Maybe true, but... This is after Freddy vs. Jason. There's no way for this to be before. It doesn't make sense. It makes less when sense. We, when we rewatch it, we'll see what the modern technology of, what, I think 2001, 2002 was for this movie. I'd say two strategies. Either we accept it's after Freddy vs. Jason, or we... And this is okay, too. We treat Freddy's dead as a complete standalone that has nothing to do with the rest of the series. We can remove it, and it still works as a standalone. Not true. Uh, I would like to see... Well, there's two things. First of all, obviously... Doc's backstory? No. <laughs> obviously, anything more with John Doe, I feel like, would have been interesting to... You're right. That, t- probably... that period right before he's on that plane, mm-hmm. he realizes, like, I'm the last teenager. Or maybe, you know, he had a group... Him and his group of friends were already trying to escape. Something's going on, and Freddy's just hunting them down. Yeah. And spe- that could have been a very scary moment for and, them. And if he was Jacob, I mean, that would have been amazing to get some kind of story there. But I'm going to say, by far, the most interesting thing that could have been followed up on is, what's the deal with Carlos? How did he, How was he still alive afterwards? Because everybody else died. I didn't see anybody else able to actually like, appear again and give a warning. And the fact that they said, specifically said, Carlos is haunting their dreams. So the same guy that's in the TV is like in their dreams telling them, like, hey, I'm still here. What the hell, what weird in-between world is Carlos stuck in? And can we get some closure on that? Because that, there was no reason to put that in there. All right, final thoughts? Final thoughts, I'm giving this movie a whopping, very huge amount of two. Because, honestly, this movie is very entertaining. It is funny. A lot of the characters, for the most part, are believable, like Carlos, uh... With when you find out Tracy's backstory, you understand why she's so aggressive, and then you also got John Doe, who's just down, who's actually almost on par with Freddie when it comes to comedy. So the only thing, like I said, Maggie for me slowed the movie down just because I didn't care for the character. Uh, Spencer Spencer's death scene was just hilarious to me, but unfortunately, there's just a few things about this movie that it doesn't. It can, I cannot actively say it was a great movie so unfortunately it's a two i'm very conflicted (laughs) i'm sure you are you've been saying throughout this whole series that this movie needed to be defended i've seen of all the nightmare movies this is the one i've seen the most this is the most i've rewatched this is the most i've thought about the most i've talked about so i have a very clear nostalgic bias towards this movie but my brain cannot deceive what i've what i've seen I cannot in good faith overrate this movie. 
Now, I'm not going to underrate either, though. I do feel like it's underrated. Because mostly, you gave it a 2. I would think most fans probably give it a 1 or 1.5. And I don't think it's that bad. I'm going to rate on two scales. As a movie in general, 2. But amongst the nightmare movies, if you're into the nightmare movies, 2.5. Hey, look, it's a funny movie. That has some problems. If you don't take it too seriously, you'll enjoy it. But if you're just watching it in general... You do know most nightmare fans don't like this movie. <laughs> I know, and that's where I feel it's underrated. Only as a nightmare film. It's not underrated as a movie in general, but in the series, I feel like it's where it gets a bad rap. So. But anyway, everyone, you all have a good night. And remember, if it is currently 11 o'clock your time, you should probably get some sleep. You know, because insomnia, it sucks. You don't want to go three days and then have hallucinations. That's not a good idea. Don't do it. After just doing a nightmare podcast, you want to tell them to go to sleep? Yes. Go to sleep.